Update, Thursday, August 9th, 2018. I woke up this morning to a blaring ringing coming from my nightstand. I smacked my alarm clock, but it didn't stop the noise. I finally realised with half an eye open that it's my phone ringing. I answer. Hello? Barclay, wake the hell up. Chief wants to see you now. Oh, Sergeant Oakley is not the voice I wanted to hear at 800 hours this morning. I rolled my ass out of bed and began to get ready to head into the station, since I knew it was never a good sign when good old Chief Fox wants you in his office ASAP. Around 0900 hours, I walked into the station in uniform and headed towards Chief Fox's office. I knocked on his open door and poked my head around the corner. Chief said, Barclay, come in and shut the door. I shut the door and took a seat. Well, Barclay, you shouldn't be surprised why you're here. You got dispatched to the same goddamn house for four nights in a row and discovered a dead body on the fourth night. Ha, and this body had been there for at least two of the previous nights. You really fucked up, Barclay. Now I have paperwork out the ass and you need to answer some questions. What the hell? How is he turning this on me? I did my job, I followed protocol, I followed my training and I cleared the house as I was taught. Okay, Chief, what questions do you have? Walk me through the first night. Did you check the windows, the doors? Yes, I checked the windows, which were all secured at the front door. Yes, I checked the windows, which were all secured and the front door was locked. There are no other doors except the front door. It's a very old and small farmhouse. All right. What about the second night, windows and doors? Chief, I checked the windows and as my report said, the second night the door was unlocked. I followed protocol and made entry. And tell me about why you didn't check the room in the basement. Well, according to Maryland Visboo, I conducted a person sweep of the home to check for any persons on the premise, since the property appeared abandoned. I looked in all areas that a person could potentially hide. When I got to the room, I saw the lock was rusted, corroded and covered in cobwebs. There was no way anyone could have hidden in that room and locked themselves inside. I was not searching for a crime or illegal substances. I was only legally allowed to search for persons in that residence. I know the fucking law, Barclay. Thanks. Did you try the lock? Well, no. I could see that it would have not been opened. Did you think to try and call one of your male officers to try and open the lock? Chief, the reason I didn't try to open it wasn't because I thought I was too weak. I didn't try to open it because I could tell it had not been touched in decades. Well, thanks to your expertise in locks and corrosion, this entire case is fucked up thanks to you. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on you. Chief Fox, I followed all of our departmental procedures and stayed within the law. If you feel I handled these calls improperly, then please provide me the additional training and procedures that would guide me to how I should have handled it. Nobody likes a smart arse, Barclay. Go start your shift. You have a lot of follow-ups to do now for this case and can't be doing that on night shift. What an asshole. 
I knew from the day city council hired me that he hated me. Yeah, as I said, it's a small town so the chief tends to do what city council tells him to do. Lucky for me, city council was eager to hire another female officer, but I don't think Fox was on board with her. I- but I don't think Fox was on board with the idea. I'm used to the sexism in these small towns, but I tolerate it since my fellow patrol officers for the most part don't share the chief's criticism. I decided to follow up with the medical examiner's office to see what information they had from the autopsy and the crime scene since we didn't seem to have a copy of the report at our station. I called the chief medical examiner. Hey, it's Officer Barclay from the Patch Lane case. Did you guys finish up the autopsy report? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't see a copy here at the station. Can you send it over? I'm pretty busy right now, and plus, that's my assistant's job. Uh, Alright, how about I just swing by and pick it up? You can do whatever your little heart desires. The chief medical examiner wasn't exactly eager to help, but I grabbed my cruiser's keys and headed on over to the lab. The assistant was a young girl, looked fresh out of college, and greeted me with a smile. Hello officer, how can I help you? I asked her for a copy of the ME's report from Patch Lane and she proceeded to enter some letters into her computer, then hit print. She handed me a three-page document and so I asked... Aren't there more pages? She responded, Nope, that's it. I found this very odd considering most medical autopsy reports for a homicide case are well over 20 or 30 pages. I took a seat to look over the report and I guess my confusion and anger showed on my face since the receptionist asked if there was a problem. As I reviewed the autopsy report, I saw that for hair colour, which was clearly long and blonde, they listed brunette, and for eye colour, they listed undetermined. I wish this was the end of the shit show, but the entire report seemed to be either wrong or just incomplete. The manner of death was listed as homicide, but the cause of death was listed as undetermined. What the hell? Isn't that their job to determine cause of death? I marched over to the chief medical examiner's office and knocked twice before walking in. Chief, is this just a skeleton report from the Patch Lane incident? I held up the three-page document in my hands to show him. A skeleton report is just a basic report cops will fill out prior to end of shift, and then the next day with fresh eyes they fill in the gaps. However, with a homicide case and being that this was now over 48 hours later... I didn't understand why they would only have a skeleton report. Nope, that's the finished report, sweetheart. I hate when old creepy men call me sweetheart. Well, why is there no cause of death listed? Because thanks to you, the body sat in a locked room for three days and left us barely any evidence to work with. Why the hell is everyone blaming me for this? then can you explain why the hair colour was wrong and about half of these items are listed as undetermined? If you think you can do better, go right ahead. I asked to go see the body and I wanted to make sure I wasn't just making shit up in my own head. Shockingly, he agreed and took me over to the freezer. Again, it's a small town so the morgue only had about five bodies in the freezer. 
I found our Jane Doe from Patch Lane and zipped open the bag. I immediately noticed her blonde hair. I knew I wasn't crazy. I grabbed some latex gloves and began to go through her pockets to look for identification since clearly the ME's office decided it was undetermined if she had items in her pockets. I found a receipt from a gas station for 10 gallons of gas priced at $1.12 per gallon. I actually felt jealous of this dead woman, wondering where she found to get gas that cheap. Then I looked up to the top of the receipt and saw the date stamp, 20th of October, 1998. Why the hell would she keep a receipt that old? I flipped the receipt over and saw there was some type of writing, like in pencil. On it, but I couldn't make it out. I put the receipt in a baggie and decided I was going to send it to the PA State Lab for further testing to see if they could decipher what was written. The more I looked at her, I also noticed that she was wearing bleached jeans with a multicoloured sweatshirt, like what my mum used to dress me in when I was younger. I left the freezer since I could barely feel my own fingers and asked the chief medical examiner if he had copies of their attempts to identify the body, for example dental mouldings, fingerprints and DNA tests. He handed me over a stack of some papers and said, Good luck. I asked why are there only six fingerprints? Why didn't you do all ten like normal? He responded, Well, why didn't you check the lock on the door while you were there three days ago? I don't tell you how to do your job, so why the hell are you going to try to tell me how to do mine? Asshole. I decided I was just going to redo her fingerprints since the ones he handed me looked shitty and weren't even complete. He's usually more thorough than this and I have no idea why it feels like I'm the only one even trying to solve this case anymore. I fingerprinted all ten of her Jane Doe's fingers and ran them through my mobile automated fingerprint identification system. I was pleasantly surprised to see that I got a hit so I clicked see more and my screen read. Michelle Kiln, date of birth, 7th of 5th, 1972. Date of death, 20th of October, 1998. What the hell? Let's fast forward. I woke up Friday evening groggy with a pounding headache. I am beginning to think the bottle of wine I finished on Thursday night wasn't such a great idea. That's the thing with cops, when we come across horrible scenes that we can't rationalise or explain, whether it be murdered children, abusive husbands, finding a 20-year dead body. We turn to alcohol. Me personally, I turned to a nice dark merlot. I couldn't stop wondering how the hell that body could have died 20 years ago. It was fresh. I could still smell it. It made absolutely no sense. I grabbed my keys with my left hand as I wedged my right hand fingers between my duty belt and uniform belt to get my last belt keeper snapped in place before running out the door to make it to roll call on time. While driving to the station, all I could think about was how there was no way my mobile AFIS was correct. I decided that as soon as roll call ended, I was going to grab a different mobile from the back cave the not-so-creative name we call the room with all our tools and gadgets and weapons, and scan my Jane Doe's fingerprints again. 
As soon as roll call was over, I ran upstairs and grabbed Jane Doe's fingerprints from the case file. I grabbed one of the newer mobile devices and scanned Jane Doe's fingerprints. It was running slow but seemed to be thinking. The screen read, processing, processing, processing. Then after what felt like an eternity, but in reality probably only three minutes, I got the message. System has timed out. Failed attempt. Weird. This has never happened to me before, so I decided to try again. This time I can actually feel my heart start to thud louder and louder as I waited for the results. Processing, processing, no results found. What the hell? Are you fucking kidding me? This is the response I am used to seeing when I scan a suspect's fingerprints who has never been before arrested. I didn't tell anyone about my previous Michael Killen results because it didn't make any sense to me. I worried something exactly like this would happen and I would look like the crazy one. Before I could jump on one of the computers to start doing some digging, I heard the tone drop. The tone is the loud, highly pitched screaming tone that makes every cop's heart skip a beat. Dispatch to all available units. We just received a call for gunshots fired near McDonald's. The caller is unsure where the shooting occurred but heard three gunshots followed by screeching tires and some yelling. I ran to my cruiser, flipped the switch to run on my lights, flipped the switch to turn on my lights and siren and raced to the scene. We circulated the area for over an hour with no results. Finally, dispatch got back on the air. Dispatch to all units. We just received a call from the hospital that they have a gunshot wound patient and would like an officer to respond. Sergeant Oakley was kind enough to offer the rookie's assistance. And just like that, I spent the entire rest of my night sitting at the hospital waiting for the victim to come out of surgery so that I could question him. I spent all Friday night thinking about our Jane Doe case and trying to find answers. But the more I thought about the case, the more questions I had. When I returned to work Saturday, I decided I wanted to return to Patch Lane and try to get some closure to some of my unanswered questions. After everything that happened, I realised it would be best for me not to go alone. I texted my friend Tim. He's a badge number 1045 who responded last time with me. And asked if he would be willing to head back over to Patch Lane with me under the radar. He agreed and we both advised dispatch to hold us out doing foot patrol around the park. This is an area we had a lot of problems at night with underage drinking and smoking. I rolled my cruiser to a stop and shut off the engine. Tim slowly forced himself out of his cruiser, muttering about his bad back. Barclay, what are we even looking for here? Anything, Tim. I just don't think the ME's office processed the scene properly, based on how they handled the body. What are you talking about? Shit, I didn't tell him about the little visit to the ME's office. Um, nothing. Let's start out and do a full sweep of the perimeter. I wasn't really sure what I was even expecting. There was still police tape across the front door with a fire red sticker on the seal of the doorway stamped, Do Not Enter. I leaned in to check the door handle to make sure it was locked. As I reached down, I heard a loud, shrill scream come from immediately behind me. I jumped up, turned around and shined my flashlight straight ahead. Nobody was there. I heard a much softer, quieter squeal come from ground level. 
I redirected my light downwards and sitting in front of me was a Halloween black cat. Jesus Christ, cat. What the hell are you doing screaming at me for? Now that she had my attention, she came up to me and wrapped her body around my leg, purring. I proceeded to check the rest of the windows and work my way to the rear of the house. Towards Tim, Haley, yes, I named her, followed me and began frantically meowing at me the closer I got to the rear of the house. Her screaming got so bad I had to throw her some crackers from my pocket just to distract her. But it worked. I noticed a shadow in the upper level window but couldn't make out what it was. I began taking steps backward to get a better look through the upper level window, all while shining my flashlight upwards. By about my 7th or 8th step back I felt something hard and sharp whack into the back of my ankle and brought me to my knees. Tim came running over since this time I was the only one doing the yelling and not Haley. He shined his light down to make sure I was okay and thank God there was no blood and I seemed to be fine. I bent over to see what it was that I felt go into my ankle and I felt a rusted sharp chunk of metal. It was an old root cellar door handle. Root cellars are not uncommon on these old farms. It was a way for farmers to store their harvest over the long winter months when refrigeration was non-existent. What the hell is that? Tim asked. It's a root cellar door, I told him. We need to see what's down there. We opened the door and I used my ASP baton to wrap all of the spider webs around it and clear a path for us. Barkley, you're fucking going first. So I shined my light down and began going down one step at a time. I went slowly so as not to fall on one of these old wooden stairs. We walked down what could only be described as a tunnel for only about ten seconds before we reached a small set of stairs. There were about four steps led up to a smaller hatch, almost like an attic door. One that you must crawl through without a ladder. I reached up and opened the hatch. I popped my head up and shined my light through there with a large rug over the hatch opening. Tim helped me push it out of the way. Once we could finally see in the room, I recognised it. It was the room we found Jane Doe. Tim grabbed my arm and convinced me that we needed to leave because this house was still an active crime scene and we couldn't go walking around inside. We finally figured out how the body got in that room. I knew I wasn't crazy. There was no way anyone had touched the lock on the outside. We turned around and retraced our steps, careful not to disturb anything. Along the way I tried to look for evidence but it was too dark. It was an area that would be better examined during daylight. We returned to our cruisers and calmed our nerves over a long smoke bright. We returned to our cruisers and calmed our nerves over a long smoke break, despite the fact that I'm not even a smoker. I got home, passed out and went back into work on Sunday. One thing I love about working weekends is that there is no brass at the station when I go into work. However, this day was different. As soon as I walked into the station, I overheard my co-workers talking about some suits that were up in the chief's office. Sergeant Oakley saw me and immediately snapped his fingers at me. Barkley, get over here. Chief got called in today because of a surprise visit from some suits. He wants you in his office immediately. 
I headed upstairs to the chief's office, a little surprised that the feds were getting involved in this case. I began to wonder if the FBI got involved because of a potential serial killer. My thoughts were quickly interrupted by Chief Fox. Barkley, get your ass in here. Oh, that wonderful sound of his voice. Hello, Chief. Um, how can I help? Barkley, the marshals got called in to help with the case. The US marshals? They usually go after fugitives. Do they think a fugitive did this to our Jane Doe? Do they think our Jane Doe is a fugitive? My mind is going 100 miles per minute. Chief Fox then told me I had to sit down with them and answer any and all of the questions they had. I took a seat and walked them through my past week explaining the 911 hang-ups and finding the body. I wasn't planning to give them any details about the fingerprints, Michelle Killen, or the secret door, but they asked me something that sparked my interest. Officer Barclay, are you familiar with the US Marshals Witness Protection Program? So, we're going to leave the story here. we done so well with part one that I decided to make the response rather quick. So, we actually smashed the 40 likes within the first 12 hours. Um, so, if you would like to hear the season finale to this story, let's see if we can hit that 50 likes this time. Uh, it's definitely achievable. So, big thanks to you guys, and I'm glad you're enjoying it. So, I'll see you in the next one.